20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's happening, everybody? Matt here, but you can call me Matub, and welcome to the Pack a Day Podcast. And join me as always is Zach Jacobson. Say hey to the people, Zach. Hey, people. <laughs> so, <laughs> this being our introduction podcast, uh, we will be taking the Sunday time slot for the 365 days a year Packers based podcast, Pack a Day. And we are going to be going over the safeties as kind of a roster breakdown, how we think. The 53 is going to shake out. But I want to know, Zach, what are you up to? Well, you know, it's extremely hot over here in Southern California right now. We're going through like a mini heat wave. Obviously, we're in like the heat of, of, of summer. I mean, who could have thunk it? Who could have thunk that it would have been near 100 degrees at the end of July? I mean, it totally took me by surprise. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just relaxing here. Tuesday night, you know, I got a drink in a blue Gatorade, oh. my, my drink, of, drink of choice for Solid. the podcast. Yeah, so f- very solid. For those who don't know, uh, Zach is in California. I am in Colorado, and Colorado recently went through a heat wave, but uh, we are currently getting hammered with hail and rainstorms, so it was a breezy 75 degrees for me today. Must be nice. Mm. So yeah, how, how's, that, how's, how's bragging camp going? How is my what now? Bragging camp. How's bragging camp going? Bragging camp? Yeah. What's, <laughs> oh, ha-ha, ha-ha, ha-ha. I appreciate it. <laughs> No, Thank but you. I'm just I'm just sitting here enjoying my Mexican lager from Ska Brewing. It is delicious. I would um hmm. if I was to give it a comparison, I would say it's like a craft tecate. Well it's definitely better than Blue Gatorade, so I'll give you that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like if it was hundred degrees and I was sweating that bad, I think I'd be going But you know what? I'm I'm a classic lime guy. That's my choice. Mm. I've always been you know- no, I, I feel you. Lime actually goes good with almost anything. Absolutely. So, moving on to the topic at hand. Let's do a quick rundown of the safeties. Who we think out of the 90s is going to make the 53. Uh, what the heck is happening with HaHa Clinton Dix and where Josh Jones is going to be? Uh, Zach, if you'd like to take point on that, what would you like to talk about first? I think I'll tackle Josh Jones. I mean, right. no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on fire tonight. <laughs> Um, well, we know Morgan Burnett left in free agency. He's a Pittsburgh Steeler now, you know, boohoo. But that leaves kind of a little a little gap there at the strong safety position. Whether that's going to be Kentrell Bryce's void to fill or Josh Jones, you know, coming into his second year. If I'm the Packers, if I'm Mike Pettin, if I'm Dar- you know, Darren Perry, whatever, you want Josh Jones playing closer to the line of scrimmage. You want him in the teeth of this defense where he played last season. He excelled there last season you know up front and close where he can make tackles and be physical which is what he's good at we don't know if he has that that instinctive ability to play strong safety yet and the Packers they've already mentioned uh over the offseason about how they're trying to give these younger players fewer responsibilities which is I think something in Don Capers scheme that has plagued the younger players over the last few years it's that they were handling too many responsibilities so you know, packing definitely. on so much. What was that? Uh, definitely, and and like how oh, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned Kentrell Bryce. Um, we did get to see him last year when Morgan was out against the Cowboys, and we saw him. Dunk. Who was the the tiny white receiver on the Cowboys? 
Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. We saw him dump Cole Beasley on his head. Good and, God. Um, I was talking about that on Twitter, and I had kind of a memed out video that that got popular. And people were really bagging on Bryson, like, oh, yeah, he made the tackle, you know, 20 yards after the catch. But if you watch that play, he was playing deep on the other side of the field and reacted to the play. So, yeah, as, as if it was his blown coverage. He, right. he came up, yeah, he came up and made the hit. He made the stop. If it wasn't for him, Cole Beasley could have, I mean, they were getting pretty close to scoring, the Cowboys were. So, Kentrell Bryce stepped up and made that play. And obviously... You're an undrafted rookie at the time. It was the the 2007 play, 2017 playoffs, sorry. And you're this undrafted rookie who, in your first season, you just leveled this veteran receiver in a playoff game in Dallas against one of the best teams in football. And people were saying, oh, why is he celebrating? You know, you, you, they just gave up a huge first down on, like, third and 15. Yeah, of course he's going to celebrate. <laughs> Absolutely. And especially because when you, when you have to go back and watch the whole play, he – is the reason that wasn't six and it wasn't his fault in the first place. And I think that leads into, you know, keeping Josh Jones in the box and maybe Kentrell Bryce has increased his um, coverage ability. I always said that, that Bryce is a missile and he just needed some guidance. Yeah. Uh, and oh, ha was, ha, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> ha ha, former all pro current, I don't know, uh, obviously has free safety and lock. I, I, what mm-hmm. do you think was the cause of his downturn last year? I think a lot of it was really just, I mean, you hear it a lot. He was playing out of position, you know, and it always points back to the scheme and, and Dom Capers. But, you know, you can only blame the scheme to a point. And I, I, I'm hoping Mike Pedden can kind of turn that turn that around and, you know, put ha-ha, put Clinton Dix in positions where he can succeed. Because um, he was playing way, way back in the defense last year to, you know, where – you know, if the completion was over the middle, he would have to come up and make the play. And when you're, like, for people who who have played football, specifically the safety position, if you're running, like, rushing downfield and you're trying to, like, stop somebody, you have to, like, completely stop dead in your tracks and completely, like, reverse position to be able to stop the ball carrier. And that's extremely hard to do. And that made Clinton Dix look really bad last season. And that made a lot of people kind of think, oh, you know he can't. He's afraid to make a tackle and all that. But that's like physically difficult to do. So you know? while while I do agree with that to a point where Capers had him playing that Jabril Prepper Jabril Peppers role, you know, playing forty yards deep on yeah. on third and one. Uh, he still I don't know. It seemed like when Rogers went down, so did Dix. It, I I saw a, a lack of effort in a lot of his playing, and especially that oh my god that game against Detroit. Yeah, week seventeen. If there has is... ever been an instance of playing to not get hurt, that is haha Clinton Dix in week seventeen last year. Yeah, that's really inexplainable. I mean, I don't want to try and justify that, but I mean, you know, that was that was bad. I, you know, it seemed like that was the case with a couple players actually. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna. I guess I am singling him out, but I'm. I, you're right. There were quite a few despondent players in Week 17. How dare you single him out? <laughs> well, I mean, Capers put him single high, so I'm going to single him out. <laughs> wow! I passed the torch to you. Now you're just you're just taking it and running with it tonight. Wow! <laughs> I mean, this is this is my brand, man. I've got I've got <laughs> takes and puns. That's what I do. So God, man. <laughs> we've we've talked about. 
Clinton Dix. We talked about Josh Jones. We talked about Cantrell Bryce. The three remaining safeties that we need to worry about are Jermaine Whitehead, Marwin Evans, and Raven Green. Now, uh, Jermaine Whitehead and Marwin Evans have both seen game time, and especially on special teams. And with the loss of Jeff Janis at Gunner, we are most likely going to have to rely on one of those guys to kind of pick up the slack. And I think it was was it Evans who led the team in special team tackles last year. I think it was Evans. So it, it might it might have been him. Yeah. Um, depending on if, uh, um, okay, I'm I'm butchering his name. MVS, the wide receiver, the rookie. <laughs> Marquez Valdez Scantling. Thank you. Depending on it, <laughs> on if if MVS makes the team this year as a wide receiver, I think that that's going to affect the battle at safety because I see him as a gunner. That's like pretty much the role that I saw him filling as well. And it's not just because he's a wide receiver and he wears number eighty three. You know, <laughs> we we have to we have to get a Jeff Janis reference in there at some point. Um, yeah, you kind of you kind of hit it on the head. Marwin Evans, he played, I believe, eighty. 80-something percent special team snaps last season, and Jermaine Whitehead, he played somewhere in the 44-45 range percentile. So, you know, so, those guys are, yeah, they're pretty well-versed in the special teams category. So if if any undrafted safety is going to make the roster, perhaps Raven Green, um, he's going to have to be able to play on special teams, which is pretty much the case with any undrafted player trying to make a roster. you got to be able to play on special teams. So... Raven Green being the the sole, um, I, I'm not going to call him a bubble player because Whitehead and Evans are both bubble players, but Raven being the only um, new addition to the safeties, uh, if we look at his athletic profile, it's not terribly impressive. Uh, so he's 5'11", well, so, okay, I, I never understood this, he's he's 5'11", 11, so he's a, a shot, hair shy of 6 feet, uh, weighs 197, Ran the 40 at his pro day in 4.51, which isn't bad. Uh, put up 14 in the bench press. Vertical jump of 34. Broad jump of 9 foot 11. But here's the kicker. His three-cone drill was 7.08. Which is which is good for uh, a linebacker. But well, if... to be fair, Josh Jones, he ran a 7.5 his three-cone. 7.05. Okay, okay, but at his pro day. But Josh Jones is also isn't he like twenty pounds heavier? That's also a very good point. <laughs> Josh Jones is oh currently listed at two oh eight, so he's ten pounds heavier. So I was being a bit hyperbolic I think, well, there. I, I, well, I think he did. He did come out. I think uh, where did he come out of uh, North Carolina State? He, yeah, he came out of North Carolina State. I think at two twenty. Okay, I think, but yeah, at the time he was probably about fifteen, maybe twenty pounds heavier. So, so your point still stands. I'll give you that. So I, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna plug um, Cantley Plotz here. He uh, writes for Pride of Detroit. Has his relative athletic score. It's mm-hmm. it's the thing that I I love to use to compare apples to apples on pure athletics. For example, his airness, the folk legend Jeff Janis, uh, tests at like a nine point nine seven. He's literally one of the best athletes to ever play wide receiver. <laughs> which does not automatically translate to wide receiver, but heavy, tall, fast, and strong will always translate to special teams. And I don't think that Raven Green's uh, particular skill set will translate to special teams, and I just don't see him making the roster. That may, See, Jeff Janis' skill set 
may not have translated to wide receiver. He did translate to special teams, as you said. Raven Green could be the opposite. He might not be, he might not be able to translate to special teams, but he could translate to playing defense. And that actually is that is what I wrote about when I predicted him to make the roster uh, today. He, I, you know, he could possibly make the roster just based on. I know you threw his athletic score in my face, but pure athleticism. His pure I, athleticism. When, when he, so his relative I athletic know, when, score when, is under five. He's like a four point five. He is literally a worse base athlete than Geronimo Allison. Those are just scores, though. <laughs> they are just scores. So you're gonna are you gonna hit me with that track slow pads fast? I'm gonna hit you with the watch them film. <laughs> but okay, so he's a I'm just he's kidding. a, he's I, I a free safety a trying to make. Film. I'm sorry, you're saying. Oh, I have I haven't watched a lick of film on Raven Green. So. Oh, okay, so well, <laughs> I don't I don't have the all twenty two from James Madison just cute. Yeah, up. I mean, well, I I can't tell you though. He did have thirteen picks over yeah. like a four year span. So okay, but you know, I mean, also you have to talk about his level of competition. Like a couple of years ago, oh. um, we had my very first induction into the Hot Take Hall of Fame in Tavares Dantzler who had a he came from Bethune Cookman and had a nine minute highlight film of him just destroying what would be a good Texas high school football team. <laughs> and the hype on this kid was unimaginable. And then it turns out beasting on lower level competition and playing at the same place as Nick Collins doesn't automatically translate to being a good NFL player. Okay. And so that's Raven a, Green that's a fair point. Raven Green picking off some business major from the all colonial athletic association doesn't necessarily translate to having to go up against Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. Okay. All right. When Raven green makes the roster, you can come back to this podcast, this exact recording (laughs) and, and hail me as a proper look. I'm just saying in 2016, I predicted Josh Hawkins and in 2017, I predicted Michael Clark would make the roster and I, for some reason, every year I get a vibe on a certain undrafted guy to make the roster, and I feel like Raven Green is that guy. I don't know what it is. It could be the fact that he's he's a safety and he play, and he wears number thirty six. You know, shout out to Leroy Butler and Nick Collins. It could be what it, I, I don't know, but I just got a good feeling about him. I think that there are. Um, I think we have a better chance of seeing an undrafted like offensive tackle or a backup center make the roster before we see a, what would essentially be a fifth safety and a free safety who's playing behind a former All-Pro. Well, he would Well, he would be the fourth safety unless they decide to roll with Whitehead or, or Evans. Right. Well, I'm, I think you'd – I think one of Whitehead and Evans between those two is a lock. I think that, that the four safeties yeah. are, are set in the coaches' minds. And then the potential fifth safety, instead of being one of Whitehead and Evans, would be Green. Yeah, yeah, that's more than likely the, the what's what's going to end up happening. I just wanted to take my best shot. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy that I mean, a year ago this seemed like the the biggest strength on the team. You know, they had Haha Clinton Dix coming off of a Pro Bowl year. What, what was he? A second team All Pro in twenty sixteen. Yep, second team All Pro. Yeah, uh, Clinton Dix, Morgan Burnett, Josh Jones was looked really promising. Kentrell, Bry- well, he's still really promising. Kentrell Bryce, you know, seemed very up and coming, and then Evans was flashing in the preseason. You know, this seemed like the deepest positional group on the whole roster, and now we're kind of picking picking straws here. And I, I'm I'm shouting out Raven Green predicting he'll make the roster as a fourth safety. So we are 
uh, I guess I'd, I'd have to deviate a little bit. Um, something that, that was big in Capers' defense last year that you noticed there was a huge fall-off when Morgan wasn't on the field. And it wasn't necessarily because of his playmaking ability because we had athletes that could play his all-over-the-field role. But Morgan had to give up the uh, play allocation duties to Blake Martinez. Yep. And the, uh, yeah, when Blake, Blake started wearing the headset. Right, and when Blake was in charge last year, things went wrong. There, yeah. there's plenty of instances of you can see Clay like pointing at people and yelling, and and if you notice, every single one of those times, Morgan Burnett is not on the field. So I think that the the biggest hole isn't necessarily someone playing Morgan's role as the in the box safety or the all over dime backer Dayon Buchanan thing. I think it's it's the leadership from the backside, and I don't know if Haha can do that. I mean, if we're basing that off of Haha's 2017 season, more than likely, yeah, he's not going to be able to handle that. I mean, we McCarthy, he even stated that, you know, they need more out of Clinton Dix. He needs to step up and be a leader. That was, like, right at the end of the season, like January. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Things kind of started just drifting south. Anytime Burnett wasn't on the field, because that was, like, that was, like, the top dog in the defense in terms of communication. And tons of times last season, we saw countless countless times where the defense just seemed completely out of sorts before the snap guys are moving around didn't know their responsibilities didn't know what they were supposed to be doing and before you know it, the ball was snapped guys were all out of place and that was just the biggest thing that bit that that bit them in the ass last year that was one of the biggest things actually but yeah i think losing burnett is kind of gonna loom a lot larger than people think um i was actually really pulling for the Packers to re-sign him, as I'm sure you were, too. Oh, so was I, absolutely. Especially with the, the money that he got in Pittsburgh. It just seems yeah, like the, oh the safety market this year is ridiculously underpriced. Seriously. You, you, I mean, Tyran Matthew, the, the deal he got with the Houston Texans, that was, like, weak. Was it the one-year deal? And Trey Boston, he's still uh, he, he's still a free agent. Eric Reed is still a free agent. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, one of my fellow Acme Packing Company uh, and daily podcasters, Peter Bukowski, was saying that the Packers would greatly increase their secondary strength if they just threw a dart and hit one of those three free safeties out still on the market just to, to add some, some veteran presence. And I agree. I think, I think taking a flyer on Trey Boston wouldn't be a bad idea. Not at all. I, I, would, I would be so happy. I can't even tell you right now. I would be so happy just adding not just the, the you know the sense of experience there, but just a new player, a new athlete in into the secondary, you know, another playmaker. Give this defense as many the secondary specifically as many playmakers as you could possibly give them. I mean I, I, I yeah, go sorry, go. I, I'm sorry, I, I would see Trey Boston as almost like a like a Tremont Williams signing like signing a, a veteran presence who you know is going to impact right away, but might get phased out later on. Yeah, someone who could still help you know the younger guys in the roster, but he can absolutely play. That's pretty much what Tremont Williams is doing. He showed last year in Arizona, he could still freaking play and at a high level. He was one of the best free agent corners on the market, if not the best, when the Packers signed him. And he's all, he also offers that veteran leadership to the, a very young cornerback unit. That's exactly what Trey Boston can bring. Well, I just I I hope that the safety position works itself out in camp, and we don't have a situation last year 
like we did with Corner, where somehow Quentin Rollins is starting and everyone's all hyped on him. So I guess we're going to like walk in this year and somehow Jermaine Whitehead is going to be starting at strong safety in training camp and we're going to have no idea what's going on. Just just start Michael Clark at safety. Solve all your problems. Put him at strong safety. <laughs> Staying on just brand and finishing strong. Well, guys, that about does it for our time here on the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. You can find me on Twitter at CallMeMatub. You can see my writings at Acme Packing Company and also at Pack to the Future. And I am Zachary Jacobson. You can find me on Twitter at Zach A. Jacobson. That's Z-A-C-H, not Z-A-C-K, as everyone likes to, you know, spell it. Um, you can find me at Cheesehead TV as well. And I'll be covering the Packers this training camp all season long until February. And even through February for the entire year. So I'll uh, catch you guys next week. And thank you guys for listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Be sure to remember to subscribe and rate on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you can find our lovely podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. As always, I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. And I'm Zach. Just call me Zach. That's it. Zach needs a catchphrase. All right, guys. Have a good one. Shotgun <laughs> formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over and gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field. 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15!